Welcome to the SDI podcast. I'm Dr. Anatole Melon-Johansson, Clinical Lead for Sexual Health at Guy's and St. Thomas's Hospital. And I am John Richens. I'm a clinical lecturer um, at the Centre for Sexual Health and HIV Research at University College London. And today we'd like to talk about uh, a paper that uh, was published by John Richens et al. In, on the 15th of June uh, this year. It was a randomised controlled trial of computer-assisted interviewing in sexual health clinics. And I was wondering to open with John, I was wondering if you could um, summarise the key findings of uh, this uh, trial. This was a study about different styles of interviewing patients. In sexual health clinics, you have to collect quite sensitive information. And earlier research suggests that uh, people may be more willing to disclose sensitive information to computers. Uh, so in this study, we, we compared uh, three modes of interviewing. One was the traditional pen and paper interview um, with a doctor present writing information onto a, onto, onto a pro forma. Uh, the other two arms involved computer use. In one arm, patients did a self-interview where they uh, recorded information which was then uh, printed out for the doctor to use in the consultation that followed. And then the other arm of the study involved the doctor collecting the information using the same interview instrument on the computer, but the doctor was putting in the data instead of the patient. And the findings of our study um, confirmed that if you use computers, you do tend to get greater disclosure of sensitive information. The other thing we did in our study was to see whether this increased disclosure led to improved health outcomes for patients. So we were interested to see what tests the doctors ordered for these patients and whether we could show any increase in diagnosis of infection in patients following computer interviewing. Um, what we found, in fact, on, on, on these areas was firstly that um, in one arm of the study uh, that doctors did indeed order more tests, and that was in the arm where they were interviewing patients with the computer, uh, the two of them together. Um, and there was some extra ordering of tests in that arm, but it didn't actually translate into increased uh, diagnosis of infection. So the number of infections diagnosed was, was the same in all three arms. It was interesting to, to see in that study that uh, the disclosure rate when there was a self-interview and with the physician using the computer uh, were exactly the same. And I think that was contrary to the expectation of the authors. I was wondering if you uh, could expand upon that. Yes, I think this is all about what we call social desirability bias, um, that uh, when there's a, a third party present, um, patients may be more reticent than when they have the opportunity just to make a disclosure uh, by themselves with, with a computer. And uh, do, you, do you think um, uh, the computer was helping in a way to remind physicians uh, uh, to ask specific sensitive questions? Um, and um, I, I was uh, reminded about uh, the work of Atul Gawande where he's used checklists in surgery to get uh, teams to do specific things that are mundane and, and, and may be missed by professionals who are more interested in the uh, in focusing on the, the more complicated or, or challenging areas of the consultation. I was wondering, do you think the computers are possibly doing that and driving people down uh, the standardized route. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, you when you when you design a computer uh, 
questionnaire, you have various options, and so you can require the user to to give an answer, um, or you can allow them to skip. But uh, on the ho- in in this study, certainly, um, it was difficult for either patients or doctors to skip questions, and so it does enforce. Um, uh, going down a particular route and 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 so when you're using pen and paper you can easily ignore bits you think are not not interesting or embarrassing and and so on the computer is a very good way to to enforce uh, asking all the questions um, john you um you mentioned in the discussion that the computer assisted physician interview was rather unpopular uh, i was wondering if you could expand on why that's the case and talk about the acceptability of this study Yes. Now, this was unpopular not with the patients, but with the clinicians. And the reasons for that were that this was rather unfamiliar technology for them um, and also prone to glitches in the in the technology. Um, so, for instance, they had to had to complete the interview and then print off uh, the um, results to be placed in the clinic file, which is not something that would usually happen in clinical practice. Um, and they got quite frustrated if the, if the printout didn't work uh, and then the, if they were in a busy clinic and got delayed, they got frustrated and so on. Uh, so there was that element of it. But also clinicians lose autonomy when they're having to follow a rigid computer format. So that's another reason for them not liking it. Um, and we did do some qualitative research um, uh, which involved interviews with with clinicians about their experiences during the study, and they were hoping to publish this later on. And uh, now, when we come to the patients in this study, the thing that uh, impressed us was was how easy it was to cr- recruit patients into this study. Very few turned it down, and they really enjoyed uh, the being invited to to. Uh, take part in a study that was looking at new technology in the clinic. They were they thought it was all a very good idea, and I remember some of them saying, "You know, why can't we do this at home on the internet before we come into the clinic?" Of course, you didn't pick up new more any more sexually transmitted infections. You certainly, and in the physician side of the computer wing, there was more uh, testing of for infections. But I was just wondering. Um, um, how do you see that translating in the future? Do you, in this study, we didn't see more health advisor input uh, for concurrency or anal sex, but do you think there was more education or uh, discussion about risks to patients because of this? Um, I think not, but the reasons for that may be that that when disclosure, key disclosures were being made, that we didn't have a system to ensure that every disclosure was acted on in the most appropriate way. So I think... If I was to take this research forward, one thing I'd like to do would be to look very carefully at at what happens when a disclosure is made um, to ensure that the, the patient then is, is rooted in the most appropriate direction. And um, another thought I had about reading the paper, there were two distinct sites, Mortimer Market Clinic in central London with more gay men attending or men having sex with men, and the Courtyard Clinic um, down in St George's in Tooting. Uh, where there'll be a, there'll be a diff, presumably a different ethnic mix as well as different gender mix, uh, changing the the profile of uh, the clinic in general. I was wondering why you chose two sites and how did they differ in terms of the the results you had. Well, we were keen to generate results that were 
that could be generalised uh, more broadly. The Mortimer Market Clinic, you know, 50% of male attenders are gay men. So that's that's not typical of, of sexual health clinics across the country. St George's um, has, a, has a quite a different profile. So... We, we decided to go for two sites to, you know, broaden the, um, uh, the mix of patients uh, enrolled in this study as, as much as we could. What would you like to do next in terms of research? And when do you possibly envisage this becoming more of a service tool than a research tool? I think the first thing to stress is that we didn't, we weren't able to show improved clinical outcomes uh, following computer interview, and so I wouldn't like to recommend that we introduce this technology straight away. We learnt from this study that IT support is is absolutely crucial to you know successful use of computers in the clinic, and and we're still rather under supported when it comes to IT. And then there's the question of whether increased disclosure, how useful is that? Does it help one to change risky behaviour? I think we're still looking for viable ways to to uh, make patients uh, behave in, in a safer way. And then the, the increased testing, I think we need to understand what is the value of doing extra testing? You know, how many tests are you prepared to do to make one extra diagnosis? Um, there's sort of health economic considerations. I was uh, struck also uh, by the the fact that there was a hint of more diagnoses in the computer side, and it wasn't significant. And you know, there were still good there was good numbers in this, but I was just wondering if it was rolled out across a lot more uh, larger clinics in a in a second trial. Um, then it's possible that it would uh, show the differences. Um, but is there is there any possibility that you will be able to extend this this work? Is there an appetite? Is there the resources? Well, if you look at what's happening in our clinic at the moment, uh, we certainly, in our HIV clinic, we get patients who are coming for a sexual health screen. They do a self-interview, not using a computer, but on a pen and paper. But the self-interview element is there. Mm -hmm. And um, we're opening up a new service where... um, an electronic patient record is is being used, so the technology is is coming into our service already, um, uh, and it is in many many clinics in the UK at the moment. Yeah, and presumably, if they can do this on a computer screen and a tablet, they a lot of patients could do it on the web before they come to clinic. Yes, or certainly. maybe even sitting in the waiting room on their iPhone or other uh, other electronic device. So I was just wondering. Um, it, is, um, uh, do you know of anybody who's moving in that direction? Um, yes, uh, uh, there, are, there are a number of clinics, I think, now that are, are well down this route. Um, I do have some reservations, though. I think that um, one thing we learned during this study was that, um, that if a patient does a self-interview, then they spend less time interacting with a doctor, and that might not be a good thing, that there may be some lost opportunities um, and from the inception of this study, I've, I've had concerns that, uh, you know, computer technology is, is creeping into clinical practice uh, without enough evaluation of the impact it has on quality of doctor-patient communication. Yes, certainly the evaluation is key in us. Just, um, it would be useful to have a, a sort of repository of all of these sort of trials that are related to this 
uh, and, and build upon these papers and share the failures, which of course don't get published. Um, because yes, you're right, there's a lot of computers coming into healthcare and it'd be nice to know which bits are working the best and which are proving a disaster. Um, uh, final question is, um, the new health secretary, Andrew Lansley, is, um, um, has just obviously they've published Liberating the NHS and, and within that they talk about IT. And I was wondering if they came to you and said, you know, we, we like the idea of computer-assisted structured interviews or, uh, or patient interviews uh, and we would like to implement that. I was wondering what are the key barriers that need to be addressed before this is implemented? You know, obviously there's the evaluation we've talked about and there's the IT support, but um, do you think uh, um, there are other things that we need to address and we're not thinking about and talking about? Uh, well, one thing I would highlight is the need to, to train clinicians um, in the use of computers during consultations because that's not a part of the medical school curriculum. And I think it is a, it is a, bit, is a big difference in, in, in conducting consultation with a computer um, and, uh, you know, it hasn't been sufficiently researched and I don't think people receive enough training at the moment, don't understand all the issues that are involved, um, how, to, how to incorporate successfully a computer into a consultation and is, is that because the software isn't designed simply enough with, you know, radio buttons or drop-down lists or tick boxes? Or, or is it because there are lots of areas where they could type and a lot of physicians can't touch type and talk to a patient at the same time? Yeah, I think it's, it is multitasking um, that, that the doctor has to turn from the patient to the computer and back again. And it's handling that, those, those transitions in a way that, that um, you know, builds on the technology and, and uses, uses it to enhance the consultation rather than allowing it to become a distraction um, because patients often complain the doctor spent all their time looking at the computer screen and barely looked at me. Sure, sure. Well, um, I'd like to thank you very much for this paper. I enjoyed reading it. I recommend everyone who's listening to this that they do read it and, uh, and think about helping implement effectively uh, computer interviewing within the clinics.